0: The Black and White Network now proudly presents Moms Across America, a new program where women can speak their minds openly and freely without fear of reprisal. Moms Across America is about the issues of the day confronting America from a mom's point of view. And now, here are the moms.
1: Hello Moms Across America. This is Vicki Tonkins and as you can see my co-hosts are not here today but I have our producer Dan Perkins with us and our guest today is Dr. Vermella Green. I'm so excited to speak with her because her background is in education and as you know so is mine. So I'm really excited to speak with her. She has a little bit of She has a few years on me as far as how how long she's been involved in education, but let me give you a little bit of her background because I really want us to just jump into this. She has so many wonderful things to share with us today. So um, she has a BS degree in biology, and that's going to be very key today. Remember that, biology. She has a master's in education from George Washington University, and she has a PhD in Christian education. Am I saying that right? I think so. And uh, she has a book. And I recommend if you have a son who is still in school, go get this book. It's called Please Teach Me Like I Am a Boy, 10 Steps to His Success in School. You need to go get the book. I've already recommended it to my daughter. Okay. So uh, let me see what else I have here about you mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so many wonderful things. Uh, after you retired, you started a public after you retired from Prince George City public Schools, you founded Sacred Life Academy for Boys, which is wonderful. I worked for a charter school where we had the boys and girls separated and they were taught separately. So I, I want to hear a little bit more about that. And uh, the curriculum focuses on building character and accountability. And oh my goodness, is that not lacking? Oh my goodness, it's lacking. So thank you so much again for being here with us today. So I'm going to ask the first obvious question because you deal a lot with boys. So my question for you, Dr. Green, do you know what a woman is?
2: (laughs) A woman? (laughs) I mean, you know... That's the
1: the going thing now. So I just thought, oh, biologist. I must ask her since the other person that couldn't answer the question was not a biologist.
2: (laughs) In in fact, um, I was told that there was a resemblance between me and and the person I think you're referencing. Um, And uh, I said, well, I don't know because I do know what a woman is. So (laughs) I'm not sure if the... uh... (laughs) Well, first of all, Vicki, thank you all for having me. You know, I really appreciate this opportunity to talk about my boys. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes, a woman, a man at the cellular level, again, having been a biology teacher and a biology major, you've got that XY chromosome for a man, XX chromosome. In some very rare cases, you might have an XYY or an XXX or an XXY. So, but that is, you know, like one in, you know, thousands. So, generally speaking, no matter what you add, what you cut off, what kind of hormones you pump into them, at the cellular level, you're going to have a woman or a man, male or female.
1: Yes. So, why did you feel it important to talk about boys and, and the fact that they're different when it comes to? teaching them in school because i know there's been such a push for women and now we you know we have this whole thing of women um i think their sports have been <laughs> anyway kind of taken over by those who um uh, say they're female and uh you know I, I i'm still looking for the women's movement to be a part of that and really come out for women but so, so how did you come about seeing this difference and then wanting to address it?
2: Um, late in my career, because Vicky, unless your, your training was different than mine, going through those college courses, teacher training courses, going through seminars and professional development that they send you even after you are a teacher, even as administrator, no one ever told me that boys learn differently than girls. Right. You know, they talked about the visual learners and the tactile learners, and they talked about the multiple intelligences and, and all that, but they never said that the way that you learn, that the way that your brain processes information is controlled by your gender. Yes. And when I read that for the first time, you know, the light bulb came on. I had an epiphany. I said, well, then that explains why they do that. Why boys do that and why girls do this? Um, also, having started out in the high school, oh. when when our boys weren't you know achieving, when they weren't reading, you know, we just assumed that the you know the middle schools weren't doing their job. What those middle school teachers doing? You know, aren't they teaching the children? And then when I was at the middle school level, we just blamed the elementary level. But at the elementary level, when I remember just walking down the halls and I looked into the special education rooms and I would see, oh, 90% male, little boys. I walked past the talented and gifted classes, almost you know 80% girls. Right. And then I had assigned some students to in-school suspension and they were all lined up. And I saw boy, 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 girl, boy, 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 boy. And I said, well, what is going on? And not too long after that, that's when I first read um, a book by Michael Gurion. In fact, I don't even think it was the whole book, it was an article that said that boys and girls learn differently. And I said, Well, well, we're not teaching them differently. Shouldn't we be teaching them differently then? No. And began to see um, the journey that, you know, I would do as much as I could. But finally I said, you know, I want to start a school for boys to teach them the way that they learn. And I knew my pastor wanted to start a school. So I went to him with all these statistics about how poorly our boys were doing, you know, at the top of suspension rates and at the bottom of test scores and said, why can't we have a school, you know, where we're catering to the needs, the academic, social, and developmental needs of boys. And that's what we did. So I started Sacred Life Academy for Boys. Uh, We started the day before 9-11.
1: Oh. September,
2: September 10th, 2001. I started with one student, <laughs> and then wow. after, after after about four months, my enrollment doubled. I then had two, <laughs> but but we continued to grow. But we never got more than say thirty students, um, and per, um, that was purposeful because that way we keep we had our small facility and we wanted to keep our classes small because we wanted to zero in on their needs, and yeah. we were able to do that. First of all, you know, our priority was teaching them to read, teaching them, first of all, character, second of all, character, and then also an appreciation for their mothers and for other girls, because people would confront me, you know, especially at our church, you're doing this for boys. When are you going to do something for the girls? I said, this is for the girls.
1: We are training
2: up educated young men, who know how to treat them, who know how to take care of them, who know how to provide for themselves and their families one day. This is for the girls. In fact, let's rename my school Sacred Life Academy for Boys. Put a little underscore (laughs) the school for girls.
1: Oh, wow.
2: (laughs) We were in, we were in operation for about 14 years, but finances caught up with us. Uh, Many of our boys were the sons of single moms you know, moms who are tired of getting those phone calls from the school. So they would put them in our school, but they really couldn't afford what it takes to educate um, a child in in a school. So we kept our tuition low and our teachers, bless their hearts, they were sacrificing because they were committed to the cause. Um, But we closed after 14 years.
0: And that has
2: freed me up to be able to go around to teach other teachers and educators that boys learn differently
0: than girls, Dr. Green. Uh, Dan Perkins, uh, let me let me ask you a question, kind of following up about what you were saying. But I'm I'm curious, and I don't want to put words in your mouth. I just I just reacting what to what you said. Are you implying, for lack of a better description, are you implying that the public sector education system was oriented to teach how girls learn? learn? Absolutely.
2: Schools are designed by, um, designed with the focus on reading and writing, language-based learning, and that is the forte for our girls. The, the female brain processes language on both sides of the brain, the male brain on just one side. So when a little boy starts school, you know, he's not ready necessarily, and I'm speaking in generalities because there are some exceptions, um, for the reading, girls can, usually I'll read him, I'll talk him. Uh, many pa- times parents say, well, my son didn't start talking in complete coherent sentences until two or three years old. My daughter started at eight months. Mm-hmm. So there's that language difference. And so when they start school and the little boys have to, I remember being a assistant principal in elementary school and during the cafeteria, those little boys starting school, not even five years old, we would expect them to, okay, stand up, get in line, get your tray, walk through the cafeteria line, pick up your fork, pick up your napkin, get your foot. and they would, they would, they want, they wanted to have recess. They didn't know what it was. Sit down and listen to this story. No, I wanna crawl. I wanna jump. So the teachers early on said, this little boy, he's hyper, you know, he he's he's must be ADD, ADD. ADHD um he's going to need some kind of medication
0: medication and
2: she can't say that out loud also realize too especially at the elementary level 90 percent even more so now 95 percent of the teaching of the teachers are female and they're going to teach the way that they learn which as i said reading writing and i was there in my biology class we from the time they came in to the time they left, I would say, okay, open your notebooks, take notes. Listen to me as I talk and write my notes, write my notes, write my notes. <laughs> so those poor little boys, and I had to think, oh my goodness, how I how I affect
0: them. <laughs> Doctor, we've got about uh, two minutes left in this segment and I, I wanted to raise an issue with you. Yes. There was a recent report from um, Scholastic Magazine that the public school enrollment is down 1.6 million students, and that parents are taking their children out of the public schools, going to charter schools, going to religious schools, whatever, to homeschooling, because of their their dissatisfaction with what's going on in the public schools. And yet the, the teachers union have very, very powerful influence about what happens in the schools. Are the parents gonna win?
2: I think yes. I think, yes, because they're going to be persistent. And as you said, um, at the end of the day, hey, if you're not going to do what I say, if you're not going to teach my child the way I want them taught, I will find some other place other than a public school. I will take them home. I will put them in a private school, religious school, Christian school, parochial school, because the union, unfortunately, and many teachers, and I have to clarify that. I don't believe that the rank and file membership, the teachers themselves are so much to blame as the leadership in these unions. Um, And I say that because no teacher worth their salt wants their children to fail, wants their students to fail, they want them to succeed. So when you have the hierarchy coming in and basically dictating to school districts what's gonna be taught and how it's gonna be taught, then the teachers really they don't have any recourse. Um, but parents, I'm so happy, you know, one one of the great things that happened because of COVID is that parents were able to see what their child was being taught and how they were being taught right. and began to see that, you know what, I can do this myself.
0: Uh, doctor, we're about done with the first segment and it went really fast, but tell us, you have uh, some books and do you have a website where people can follow you?
2: Absolutely. Well, first of all, I am the executive director of the Boys Initiative. Um, the boysinitiative.org is our website. We work to raise the awareness of the boy crisis that our um, students are involved in, the fact that they are not, especially our boys, are, are not learning and achieving at the same rate. Right. There's a huge achievement gap between our boys and our girls. So that's one of the things that we want to do at the Boys Initiative. Also, we want to equip parents. We want to equip faith leaders. They need to get involved in this whole boy issue as well. When you look at, for example, churches, you look at the congregation, predominantly women. Why? Yes. Because boys were turned off at a very early age, sitting in Sunday school, and they got to that age where they could say, I don't want to go anymore, and they're and they're lost. Uh-huh.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Dr. Green. So uh, moms, we'll be right back uh, after this short break and we're going to wrap up and there's still so much to cover. So we'll be right back in just a moment.
0: The midterm elections are coming fast. The Biden administration has failed you, the American voter, in so many ways it's hard to keep track of all the things we need to be concerned about. I want to focus your attention on one issue that I believe affects hundreds of millions of Americans every day. It's an issue that you can follow every day without the government trying to spin the issue away. These two images will bring everything you should be concerned about into focus the first image is a gallon of milk and the second is a gallon of gas you can ask any american how much did they spend to fill their tank full of gas 50 60 70 100 or more every time ask yourself what were you spending before biden became president half as much even less your family budget is being shrunk because of inflation And you may find yourself having to make hard decisions about feeding your family or feeding your car to make money to pay for gas and try and feed your family. Every time you pull into a gas station between now and the midterms, watch the dial spin away your money. Ask yourself who is responsible to make it spin higher and higher. When you walk into the voting booth next November, before you pull the lever or mark the ballot, if you see somebody with a D after their name, think of the D as standing for people responsible for taking your dollars. It's time to vote. It's time to vote Republican. It's time to vote for Heath Loftus, for Senator from the state of Arkansas. Welcome back to Moms Across America, and I'm not a mom, but I'm a father and a grandfather, and I'm sitting in for a couple of our moms who are stuck on planes joining joining us today is Dr. Green who is a been a phenomenal guest already and she's talking about education especially the education of boys so i'm going to turn it back to our host Vicki. go to, go to it okay awesome
1: again i just want to mention the book that Dr. Green has written called please teach me like i'm a boy 10 steps to his success in school so we've talked a little bit about school and how it is so different you know, girls can sit and they can, you know, they can write and they can, you know, have that little chatter with their friends. Well, that's not a boy. Uh, I can remember my son. He was all over the place. He was not adadadad. ADAD, he was not hd. And none of that. None of that. He was a boy. He wanted to move around. He wanted to 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 do this and that. He wanted to talk to his buddies and they wanted to throw balls and all that kind of thing. His kindergarten teacher was so smart instead of calling me and saying he's got a problem let's get him evaluated she put him in a leadership role where he started helping the other kids with their assignments and things like that and it helped him so she was really smart now i got to say the rest of them not so much but hey we we got through it and he he did great went on to college graduated he's wonderful but i have studied myself the differences And I appreciate you so much, really emphasizing the importance of getting these young men trained. And moms, again, I wanna emphasize, please go get that book. It's going to help you. So um, the other thing I wanted to mention, so we know that boys learn differently. How exactly do you see this academically affecting the boys, and I think especially once they get a little older, because, you, you, you know, sometimes schools have a tendency to give kids a stereotype, and so how do you see, where are their weaknesses because of this difference?
2: One of their weaknesses, and I mentioned it earlier, was in language, and because schools are so language-based, um, reading isn't taught the way that most boys learn. Um, now, I'm speaking again in generalities, there's other schools who have picked up on the fact that whole language learning, teaching them whole words to memorize whole words is not effective. That's why we have so many illiterate children across this country. Systematic explicit phonics is the way, teaching students letters and letter sounds, how those sounds combine to make um, uh, phonemes and then words. That's the way that the male brain would do better if reading were taught that way. When it comes to writing, um, the male brain, uh, and and Dan might even attest to that, they're not into a lot of detail. Uh, The uh, teacher might say, okay, I want you to write a story about the, the the potted plant sitting in the window. And the girls might say, well, it had a red flower, it had leaves, and all of a sudden, Oh, it wasn't watered properly, and the leaves began to drop off, and the plant bent over, and it was no more. The boys write a story. They say, the "Plant died." You know, <laughs> just you know, <laughs> you know. I'm going to give why a lot of details. Um, when it comes even to math, the curricula were uh, math curricula were changed back in the um, uh, 1980s to make it more adaptable to girls, more suitable to girls. Um, girls, because of their reading language forte in those areas, they began to say, all right, math doesn't need to be all this computation. We need to have more reading about math and writing about math, more word problems. So it wasn't good enough just to know that four plus four was eight. You had to explain in detail why four plus four was eight. And for the boys, they're like, why well, just know four plus four is eight. Why do I have to explain it in detail? You get that confrontational, aspect with our boys you know is not good enough the teacher said it you know they said no you got to give me some other relevant kind of act of reason why I have to be able to have to write all this also when it comes to just the school environment being very girl friendly with the things that boys like to write about with the things that boys like to read you look at the classroom library do they have books like action and and and, and uh, a lot of science books and, and monster books and gross books and Guinnessboro Book of Records with the five-inch fingernail people. And <laughs> do they have those kind of books? Or do they have books like Little House on the Prairie and Fairy Tales? You know, those kind of books are the interests of, uh, of most girls. But are teachers sensitive enough to know that, you know, your boys aren't going to necessarily be driven to that kind of thing. They want to see something about ninjas and pirates and, and westerns and shoot them out. And then they're like, shoot them up. Oh my goodness. Well, you know, this is something that boys do. Not that they're going to turn into uh, mass killers. It's just that that, that's the way they operate. The things that they like to write about. They like to write about ninjas and blood and guts and gore. But you look on the bulletin boards. Whose um, essays are on the bulletin board? Are they the little boys who wrote about blood and guts and gore? or are they from the little girls who wrote about butterflies and fairies? Whose stories are being chosen to be read on grandparents' day? Is mm-hmm. it Johnny who talked about the monster that ate in New York or is it Sarah who talked about love and kisses and family? So already the boys began to see early on, wait a minute, this, is, this whole organization is run by a big girls and they favor the little girls. This isn't for me. And then we turn around and wonder, why we don't have more men teachers? Well, what, what man is going to want to go through this kind of thing for you know 12 years in grade school and then turn around and choose a career that's going to put him for the rest of his adult working life back into that same environment? We do have some men teachers, praise God. And so what happened is that their experience was a positive experience. Someone touched their lives. They wanted to model after a positive teacher. Unfortunately for a lot of boys, that's not the case.
0: Doctor, I, um, I, I'm a, I think I'm almost a perfect example about what you talked about, because I can't spell for crap. <laughs> I, and I didn't have phonics in high school or, or, or elementary school. But believe it or not, I'm a novelist. I've written seven novels. Wow. I write for 35 different public events and current events blogs around the country. Um, and uh, I am detailed and um, but I, I learned to do that. I learned to do that when I started doing that, when I was 63 years old Wow! and my wife, my wife is, is one of my editors and uh, she, she says I'm getting better at, at spelling and grammar, <laughs> but I got a long way to go. And I said, I don't have much time left, but I, I understand that, you know, and, and my stories, are not the stories that my wife would write. And when she first started working with me to be my editor, she wanted to change the storyline. And we had to have a little sit down and say, look, I'm the author. I create the idea, I put the words. I'm not interested in how you wanna change the story to fit your narrative. But that's what she was trying to do. She was trying to feminize the story as opposed to letting me, I'm sorry, my eyes is watering like crazy. Um, uh, And so, I, I'm a perfect example of that. I, um, unfortunately or fortunately, I'm not sure. I had four sons. I had no daughters. I have, I have three daughters-in-law,s and I have two granddaughters, but four boys growing up. Um, and I, uh, I understand this this idea that when they're younger, they're not quite acting the way the teachers thought they should be. Well, let's put some medication on them. And I was not, not in favor of that. I, I just, I just think it's, it's, it's amazing that we, we, uh, we get the valuable boys that we get out of the educational system and the, and the hardships that they have to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just, my, um, my brother is, um, a, a Dominican and he's been the head of three different schools of nursing in the United States. He's a, Georgetown or George Washington University graduate. He also graduate from Georgetown in nursing administration and um, very smart guy. And he's got more initials after his name than anybody I've ever seen. <laughs> um, but, but he talks about, they could fill the schools of nursing everywhere he's been all, with all women. But he says he doesn't do that because he wants to have the male influence at, to whatever degree he can get it. Into the healthcare system because they have a different perspective. And so, are we are we gaining any any footholds that, that to to bring the male perspective, or are the or are the 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 left wingers tr- still trying to keep us down?
2: This society, I've I've noticed, you know, more and more is very anti male, um, and. The anti-males start with the anti-boy. Now, of course, it's better or more palatable to say I'm, you know, anti-male than anti-boy. Anti-boy, you know, no, we got, you know, you got Doctor, the mothers I, I apologize.
0: I, I wanna ask, I I've got to jump in there because I I wanna I just wanna clarify something. Are you saying that society is more anti-male, or are you implying without saying? society is more anti-white male. Um,
2: Increasingly, I would say anti-male, black, white, or sky blue, green. Um, At one time, it was kind of cool to be black. You know, as a black woman, I would say, oh yeah, at at last, we're we're getting to that point where it's cool to be black, you know? But then, um, it was very uncool to be a Christian black.
0: or I, started
2: more, I started getting more heat for being a Christian than I was for being black. Uh, but um, it's becoming increasingly anti-male, like you said. White men are getting it, but black men get it too. Um, that they are called, you know, super predators by certain segments, and 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 um, this toxic masculinity. They don't talk about toxic wet white masculinity. They're just talking about boys in general. Um, I think too that this society fails to realize that men are the strength of our culture. And yep. I said that once at a workshop for some private school teachers and oh my goodness, arms got crossed, brows were furrowed, and a hand was raised and said, I'm sorry, but I really resent what you just said. And I wow. I'm very sorry. Um, <laughs> I didn't mean to offend you, but men are the strength of our culture. Who fights our wars? Who builds our buildings? You know, who leads our strong families? Um, Families have been so decimated because of fatherlessness. Yes. And that has really affected the Black family. That up until about 1960, only about 20% of Black families were led by single parents. That's right. 2022, you can flip that, in fact, even worse than it, where you don't have single, um, both parents in the home. 60, I'm sorry, 73% of Black babies born are born to single mothers. Yep. The, the welfare state okay. has decimated, decimated our Black families. And without strong fathers in the home, our Black boys are just a faltering. You know, latching on to gangs, latching on to whatever it takes, because no one is there to teach them how to be a man. In fact, in my school, all of my teachers, unfortunately, were women, even though they understood boys and they understood how they learned. Still, I would always tell my parents, uh, Mr. and Mrs. So and so, we can teach them how to read and write, but we can't teach them to to be a man. So we need fathers. We recruited men from our church, men from the community to come in to talk to the boys about what it meant to be a godly man what it meant to be a man with good character because as I said no matter moms you know we love our sons but we can't teach them how to be a man
0: we can't Dr. Green uh, I'm going to turn it back to Vicki because we got about a minute left thank you so much for joining us today Vicki you got it
1: yes thank you so much for being with us today and we 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 must have you back because when I was listening to your interview uh, by, uh, Dr. Shaw, I, I, you said something that really pricked my interest when it came to code switching. Mm. (laughs) I've studied that as well. I've studied that. And trust me, it happens in my family. (laughs) So I, I really would like to have you back to talk about that as well as, um, is there differences in between, Um, the races when it comes to educating boys as well. I I believe there is, uh, and why that is true. So thank you so much, Dr. Green, for being here. We definitely want to have you back here really soon. Uh, Moms need to know this information, because I think sometimes... Because of what they are told in these different meetings that we we're talking about, they they feel hopeless when it comes to their sons, when their son is just being a boy. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. So thank you for being here. We're going to have you back soon. And moms across America, always remember, you are America. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.
0: If you are interested in reaching our vast Black and White Network audience with your products or services, then contact Hollis Media Group at 1-855-673-8635. That's 1-855-673-8635 for more information on this great opportunity.